Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. One for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now 106.3 FM as we welcome you and talk sports for the next couple of hours. Uh, on the BMW Des Moines guest list here today, college football, ton of college football in the second hour of the program. Uh, hour number one, we'll recap the PGA with our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. What a tournament. Uh, one point, there's seven guys with, a, I don't know, a handful of holes to play. Seven guys on top of the leaderboard, all minus ten. But in the one, in the end, rather, there's only one standing, Colin Morikawa. Just an unbelievable drive on 16. We'll get into that. It was a pretty fun final round. Uh, if you're a fan of golf, or even if I think you're fringe, if you tuned that on yesterday, I find it hard to believe you wouldn't have been entertained. But each their own. Uh, so we will talk to Matt Rudy at the bottom of the hour. Mitch Holtis in his regular spot. He joins Trent and I every day throughout training camp. Uh, today being no different. Uh, 10.50, he will join us at 11.05. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic slides in at 11.30-ish. Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. He covers the big 12 will be here as we will do a ton of college football and there's certainly a ton of college football percolating sadly it doesn't look as though there's going to be a ton of college football to recap and to preview throughout the fall months and if that's the case find it hard to believe that spring will be part of the equation because asking these kids to play 22 games in the span of 10 months or whatever would be 10 regular season games from this year and then 12 next year plus any postseason uh, asking a lot but uh, trend here we are Dan Patrick show this morning apparently uh, he was told that tomorrow morning the Pac-12 and the Big Ten will announce that they are canceling football the SEC ACC and Big 12 uh, still to be determined but have to think if two fall everybody will fall and then what does that do for the fall here in the state of Iowa mm-hmm. on football fields we got moving vans driving in with families from all different states as they hope to get uh, their son uh, on the football field. What a mess. Well, I, I guess it'll give a great ability for those Big Ten and Iowa football coaches to go to high school games every Friday night. They'll be able to see all these prospects as they're playing their high school games. You can look at it that way, but if you, can, you can't play college football, can you play high school football? Yeah. You think you can? You can? Yeah. How bad, how bad of a look will that be? Or, or do, what, I mean, what, what, I guess the optics of playing high school football when, when you can't pay college football. Who, who gives a damn about optics? I, that's where I am at this point. Who, who are we really looking to help out here? Is it about the student athlete? It's not about the student athlete. It's not. No. We know what football does to young people. We know what football mm-hmm. does with CTE. We know these things. Yeah. Yet we throw them out there every single time and they don't get a dime for it outside of their scholarship and a stipend that comes along with it 
That's what they get. So it's not about the student athlete. People sitting here on Mount Pius thinking that they're better than everybody else and looking down because how dare you play college football? It's not reality. It's not reality because this is the exact same conversation we had as it pertains to concussions for years and years and years, yet it was allowed to happen. Here we are. Is it that much detriment? Is it? Well, you can't go home and and pass on concussion to your mom and dad. You can't. That's true. That's the difference. So you believe these guys are going to go home? I don't know, Trent. I don't know. They're going to go home and they're just going to sit in their bedrooms and they're going to go to their online classes and that's it. Uh, No. Um, What's safer? For them to be tested two, three times a week and be in a football environment or go home and take their classes there? What's mm, safer? Go home and take their classes there if they're staying home. You believe that? If they're staying home. But they're not. Live in reality. The reality is these kids are not going to go home and sit in their bedroom for the next three, four, eight, twenty months mm-hmm. until there's a vaccine. So what, so what do you think? They're going to go home and they're going to do their stuff during the day if they want, mm-hmm. and then they're going to run out to court they're Avenue hang out with their at night or wherever. Gonna, yes, yeah. For those who live in Central Iowa, I guess. Look, there, there's there's no there's there's no answers. Here's what I do know: for the first time ever, King Football's losing. King yeah. Football's going to go down. The virus is going to win this battle, and they are winning. It is winning this battle. Um, I don't know what could have been done to save it. I think we're kidding ourselves, though, uh, that thinking there's – I don't think there's even a glimmer of hope that you can save college football. I just think it's going to be canceled, right or wrong. And there's there's another thing that comes into play here, too, and that's the organization of these players. The last thing colleges want to do is give up – uh, the fight that they fought every single opportunity for decades, and that's amateurism. Absolutely. They do not want to see these players organizing. Don't kid yourself. They do not. They don't want these kids to get a voice because if they get a voice, then it just you just uh, one domino after another, and soon they're getting paid, which they should be, in my opinion. Save that for another day. Um, so I think there's two battles that we're fighting. We're fighting the virus, and we're fighting amateurism from these schools. We'll see. If the Big Ten and the Pac-12 fall, what are the, what's the likelihood that the other three Power Five conferences do so in the next couple of days, or do they wait? So if, the, if it comes out tomorrow officially, Big Ten, done. Mm-hmm. Pac-12, done. What does that mean for the SEC or ACC? And, of course, the Big 12 here on the local front. By the way, Iowa canceled practice today. They were supposed to start at 11. They have canceled their practice. Well, I think that says a lot about the direction this continues to go. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at, and I think when it comes to the other conferences, the other three, the likelihood that those three are going to trudge on, regardless, is much higher than these other two. We we talked about this. You last think week. that they'll that they'll go forward? The others? I I wow. think they're going to make it a go. They're going to try they their do. best. Absolutely. Now, is it just a strictly domino? You know, there was reports Heather Dinich last night of ESPN. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be the first, but when they're the first. Whoever's the first. Well, Kevin Warren was the first to go all conferences. Remember mm-hmm. back and he got off the phone with all the Power Five uh, pre- uh, conference leaders and um, didn't tell anybody what they were about to do that afternoon. It's just there's no leadership. There's no one clear voice. There mm-hmm. are five of them, and two of them apparently are going to speak tomorrow that they're going to shut things down. It's 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 awful. And then what does college basketball do? Right, you I can't play basketball. You can't. And there's a there's a long lengthy piece at the Athletic about all of these pods that are somehow miraculously going to be formed. And yeah, it would be cool to see where I when I was state and you and I and Drake and they're all going to end up uh, in uh, somewhere in Min- in Minnesota. Uh, that was one of the pods that they're going to play and. 
like, I, I don't even want to talk about college basketball, sadly, and it's going to be darn good over in Iowa City this year. So you're going to make 44 pots. That's what that's what the Bubbles. number was. Yeah. You, you know what the NBA, what the cost for a single yeah. bubble was? Do you know what it was? No, I don't. Just to get it started. Uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. $150 million. Wow. $150 million to get, started. to get this thing started. This is not talking about the hotel rooms that you have. I, I heard a story, uh, an, an NBA writer checking into his hotel. Yeah. So we have you booked for the next 79 nights. Yeah. All right. Well, think about that as it pertains to an NBA team. What do you have? Twenty rooms for eighty nights at one hundred and fifty mm. bucks, two hundred fifty bucks, three hundred fifty bucks a pop. Can you put two guys in one room? No, absolutely you can't, not. Can you? you Got to keep them separated. No. Nope. So you think people believe that you can make these bubbles for college basketball in the same vein? They don't have one hundred and fifty million dollars just laying around to make no, a pod. I know the Big Ten, the Big East, ACC. They don't have that kind of money running around because if you're not going to play football, money is not there. All right. You push this back. This is the end of college basketball then, too. For college, this year. College basketball is not coming back if you're doing the same thing for football. Get it started. We saw in our state, you get it started with baseball and softball. Yeah. It worked. It worked at a high Yes, there's cancellations. Mm-hmm. There will be cancellations. Mm-hmm. But you have to try. You have Card- to Cardinals give it a try, game. Trent. They played five games. They did. Out of 16? Mm-hmm. And in order to get their full schedule in, yeah. they got a lot of games in front of them. <laughs> Good luck with they that. They got a starting Thursday play... 55 games over 49 days. But they gave it a try. And the Cardinals are the outlier. And you know what? It very well could be that Iowa turns out to be the outlier. And they get hit hard. And they end up only playing a three-game schedule where most of the rest of the Big Ten does play their ten games. But that is the way you're going to have to make it work. Mm -hmm. What's this guarantee about spring? There, it shouldn't be. Trent's no. not going to happen. Not only is there no guarantee the virus is going to be. How do you ask these kids to play 22 games in 10 months? When's or eight s- months or whatever it is. How do you ask them to do that? Flu season is basically between January yeah. and the end of April. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're talking about starting practice up, what, in February to get ready for even an April 1 you start? You know what I heard about the flu season this year? And again, this is one person's opinion, and I'm regurgitating, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be as bad as it's been in normal years. You know why? Because everybody's you keep stuck going. at home? No, you're close. Washing their hands. Oh, washing their hands. Well, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. And that's the speculation from, I don't know, one of the scientists that I listened to, and I do, guilty. Um, I don't know. It wasn't It wasn't a good weekend. Certainly Saturday seemed like it was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Sunday felt uh, no different to get up today. Certainly no different. The Big Ten, the Pac-12 on the verge of canceling. Uh, at least that's according to Dan Patrick from earlier. I don't know if he got that from Pat Forty from... SI or not. I know he had him on his show today. I'm not sure what he said. So we'll see. It's going to be a week. I think that we will get some decisions whether or not that we should take that hope out of the equation. And look, everybody is hoping that it plays. Whether it does or not, we'll see. When we'll see very quickly, I think. I think tomorrow we'll know. If the first two Power Five conferences go, I don't see a way that the other three can. Love to see it. Liability factors into it. Amateurism and perhaps it going away is a huge, huge uh, factor in all of this. All right, so let's take a couple of calls. If you would like to join in, 284-5966. A lot of ground to cover uh, here before we get our first break. We'll do so at about 12, 10, 25 or thereabouts. Of course, we got keywords coming up. We'll do that. 
give you an opportunity to win a thousand dollars. Has there been a cakes and no winner? There is not that I've seen. Been. No. Uh, Randy is first up. Randy, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Well, I'm just I, I don't understand why there's such a big push for college athletics or high school athletics, and there hasn't been a big push for just getting this virus under control. If if we would quit arguing about whether it's real or whether it's not, or whether we have to wear a mask, whether we got to yeah. shut down. If we had done what we would have, were supposed to do, like all the other countries right that all the other countries, yeah. yes, I agree yeah. with you. And, you know, and, I, and, and I'm affected on this on many different levels. You know, I'm losing financially. My kids are going to lose their sport seasons. Mm-hmm. They could have potentially lose their their sport in college. I mean, as a college baseball coach now, we're going to see programs drop all over the country. Yeah, sadly, you're right. College soccer team. Yeah. And if we don't do what we're supposed to do now, we're not going to have wrestling and basketball. Nope. Because I think it's too late, though, Randy. Sadly, over. Randy, I think sadly it's that window that was open. I think it's I think it's come and gone. You don't think if I mean, but what makes you, know, you think that all I, of a sudden people family. are going to start my... following the rules? I mean, we know what we were supposed to do back in March, April, May, June, July. And now we're in August, and it's no different now. Oh, I I agree with that one hundred percent. But I mean, can't that change with good leadership if we say here's what we're going to do? But, I, mean, I love my beverages, but you don't get to have bars open and <laughs> yeah, schools go too. back or bars open and, and call. I mean, I love tailgating in Iowa State. I sure. love it. But is that, you know, you, people don't realize. So you take away thirty to 50,000 people that aren't going to be spreading the virus and you're going to have a football game either. Yeah. You know, and oh, by the way, Iowa State's football players have four days off right now, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Now was that mandated or was that already was that on the schedule for? I don't know. I don't know how that okay. happened. Okay, interesting. What happened? But I I just know that that hmm. is going on right now. So I I know there's not a good easy answer. I'm not I'm not trying to blame people. I have a son that doesn't think there's anything wrong with not social distancing. He's 17 years. I get it. You know what I mean. But if we don't do anything different, it's going to be we either got to suck it up and do what we're supposed to do, yeah, and 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 lead by that or. This isn't going to go away anytime soon. You know, when I went and watched a lot of high school and baseball, softball games this summer, mm-hmm. you know, I know coaches that were telling kids not to get tested. I know schools that weren't following the protocol they were supposed to set. Sure. There's a lot of cheating going on. It's going to be worse than football. You know, and, and Trent, you mentioned, oh, if they don't have college football, they can come watch high school base. I mean, high school football. Division one and Division two are not allowed to recruit through January. Oh, really? Wow. Hmm. Randy, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Call anytime. You're welcome. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Uh, so we will. Uh, good, good call. Look yeah. at. I don't want to make this political. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. Yeah. The leader of our states trusts everybody in the state. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is in this state. Can you? Should you? Right. Or should you drop the hammer, and mandate it? Seems like an easy decision to me, but. Um, I'll leave that to others. Anyways, let's get back into what we saw from this past weekend, Trent, because it was un. Uh, there was some great. There was there's some great sports. Uh, there there were. Here's the here's the positive about this. Yeah, it sure sounds like we're going to lose college football, but there are other sports that the NBA has been good from what I've seen. Yes, the NHL yeah. has been through the roof. I mean, I watched the team on on was it Friday night or Saturday night. Friday night, have a three-goal lead, up three with three minutes left in the hockey game and lost 4-3, <laughs> right? Up three, three minutes left and lost 4-3. Uh, game five is a clincher last night. Uh, it was, it's been outstanding. Baseball is trying to make their way through this thing. Here's what's positive about baseball, in my opinion. And it's the Cardinals are the outlier in this. They're, uh, they're a disaster right now. 
and, and so was the um, so were the Astros and the A's yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, and, and a hitting coach yes. is the one that's lighting the fuse. He's the one that's reaching into his pocket and lighting the match. Come on. Um, that wasn't a good look, and we'll see what suspensions come out of that. But baseball's trying to get through it. And yesterday, a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, Saturday night, he goes out. Is he from Chicago? Is Plezak from Chicago? I don't know if he's from Chicago or he's not. But the team was in Chicago, and he went out after the game. And Major League Baseball, as of last week, is really cracking down. They want to see this thing through. They understand if they take as many precautions as they possibly can, and that means, yes, professional athletes, you have to stay in your rooms when you're on the road. You can't be gallivanting around in those cities uh, that you're visiting. And Plezak of the Indians was caught going out with his friends in Chicago. The Indians immediately suspended him, but here's the best part of it all. They wouldn't even let him fly home with the team. Yeah, Get a car, mm-hmm. get your ass in the car, and drive back to Cleveland. The Indians have been an organization that has been talked about a lot, that has been at the forefront of doing everything the way it's supposed to be done. Every single thing that was handed down in that what 120-page report from Major League Baseball, they have been as stingy as anybody mm-hmm. following those protocols. And then somebody goes rogue. You know what happens? Yeah. They drop the hammer on them. Figure out your own way mm-hmm. home. You're not coming with us. Right. The way that it should be. And and I think we've seen the wake-up calls that have happened. It started with Miami and the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Young guys. By the way, what what is going on there? How are they doing what they're doing? Right. These guys aren't even double-A players. No, a lot of them. And, and they went down after their initial week no. and a half off. And they had to dip into that pool of 60 players that they had. They're out there and they're just playing baseball and they're having fun and and playing good baseball. Good for them. Right. And that's the way that this is supposed to be. This is what I continue to struggle with. Name two Marlins. I can't. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hanley Martin. I I can't. He's not there. Uh, Stanton. No, No, he's not there any longer. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Jeff Conine. Yeah. Uh, But but with the Marlins went into their play. Why aren't the Cardinals going into their pool and playing Uh, these games? I don't know. Yeah, what's the taxi squad? What was it meant to do? Right, right. Where where is their South Bend? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. That's yeah, where the yeah. Cubs are, right? Where, St. Where, Paul from Minnesota, right? Where are where are the Cardinals, and why can't those? Well, they're those... in Springfield, Missouri. Well, there you go. That's where they're practicing now. Are uh, I, I believe some of the coaching staff? Do they have a Do they have a taxi squad for coaches? <laughs> right to br- bring somebody up. All right, you're the new hitting coach. <laughs> You'll be the pitching coach. Yeah, uh, you're the travel attendant. Right, and on and on and on. That's the part that. I guess has been the most head scratching to me. You put this in place, why isn't it being utilized? Mm-hmm. But but them aside, great on the Indians to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think a, this has been a wake up call for a lot of these teams realizing just going out afterwards and even getting dinner at yeah. a restaurant. Yep. Hey, yeah, maybe you have a couple of beers, but but even that. You just can't do it. Yeah, the travel secretaries that you mentioned, the people that are in charge of the travel for these major league teams, they're now trying to find hotels where they have a green space mm-hmm. because that's where the team then quarantines, for lack of a better I don't think they're actually calling it quarantine, but that's where they're... You know their their meals are and their and their get-togethers after the games or whatever. Instead of going sitting in the hotel bar, they've got a um, a space, preferably outdoors. So look, I I think Major League Baseball is they've really got a chance to get through this thing. That'll get us through October. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> that know? and the NBA and NHL uh-huh. and all right. Then it's November and then, then we got we're in the throes of the NFL. Yeah. Because we I'm, haven't got into much. Yet. I have said, Trent, from the beginning that the NFL will be the last 
league that throws in the towel. Yeah. And this goes back to when we were first trying to get our arms around this thing. The NFL is going to play football. Now they're going to have, I would think, um, expanded. You know, the guys might be cut, but they might be stashed away in that same city. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the taxi squads are going to, you know, add a couple of guys to them this year. They're going to do their damnedest to get through this thing. And we're seeing in training camp, and so far so good because we're not hearing of, you know, outbreaks for team. ABC, right? We right. haven't heard that, and they're what you're week two now of camp, I think. Do we get hard knocks by the way tomorrow? Is that what oh, it would be the time that it normally starts, right? Oh, I hope you're right. Uh, although tomorrow's a pretty good day sports wise, the Cardinal or the Cubs rather finally get back on right. the field. NHL is underway. Hard knocks 2020. I'm googling it very quickly, but uh, um, yeah. Let me try and find the right links. I think it is. I think it's got to start tomorrow. Normally, yeah, tomorrow. August Here it 11th. Is. Makes its return August 11th, exactly a month before the scheduled start of the NFL mm-hmm. season. Or is it the 10th? I think it's the 10th. Is this Thursday the 10th? Oh, for the start of the season. Right, uh, right. But still close well, enough. Yeah. You're within a day. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, it's tomorrow. So hard knocks tomorrow. If you're a fan of that, of that show, if you're a fan of the NFL and... I am on both counts. I think it's terrific television. The Cincinnati Reds are uh, putting together a plan to allow fans in the ballpark. Saw that. Never clicked on it. Now, the, uh, the Great American Ballpark, what is, uh, what's Ohio do- doing differently? So their county yeah. had just 60 new cases of COVID-19 on Sunday, according to John Hopkins. How many? 60? 60. 60. In a county? In a whole county that Cincinnati is in. Pretty okay. big county. Okay. Um. The report uh, has been submitted, the official plan, to Major League Baseball. Lots of conditions are inside of it. Upper deck only. And they also have to, MLB and the state of Ohio also have to respond in order to allow this. This wouldn't be until September right? is when it would get started, or even the playoffs. But at the very least, they're going to... Give their proposal what yeah. it would be, social distancing, 20% more than likely. Look, we saw it downtown near Principal Park yes. that they put fans in the stand. They did so as recently as Saturday. And it works. Mm-hmm. Have we as seen far as we know, yeah, we did. An outbreak? We, uh, no. Are uh-uh. we waiting for these 60 communities that were in Fort Dodge and people freaking out there? Have we seen outbreaks? Well, now will be the week. It will be. If, if indeed there is a Fort Dodge. You know what I was thinking over the weekend? If you're trying to find an answer to college football and you're trying to find a place to play, play in South Dakota because apparently it doesn't hit there. <laughs> I mean, well, Sturgis has a quarter of a million people in it right now and everything's fine. For now. For, for now. For now. But it doesn't hit in Sturgis, apparently. Uh, but do you see any? I, I uh-huh. clicked on a camera, what do you call it? A webcam? Yeah. That, like, I am not a biker or anything. I would. Not this year. Yeah, right, right. And I'm not saying I want to linger, but I'd kind of like to... You want to try it out sometime? No, I don't know if I want... I, I kind of did. My wife wants too badly. Oh, yeah. So anyway. my, my parents went a number of times. Is my, that right? My dad, big Harley guy, yeah. He, People come from all over North America yeah. to this event. He went out there. He's probably been there oh, a half dozen times, something like that throughout it, the Does years. he ride? Yeah, rode for a number of years. Not yeah. anymore, but... Right. Yeah, that was more in his 20s and 30s. He'd ride out there and... So Sturgis has been going on for some time, is oh, that? Oh, yeah. Has yeah. it really? This, this has been decades upon decades. Yeah. This is back in the 80s that he started going out there, maybe early 90s, something like that. Well, if college football is looking for an answer, perhaps South Dakota's the <laughs> South answer. Dakota, yeah. How about that? You can play it in the uh, Coyote Dome. they got a dome there in South Dakota. I'll South Dakota State does not. It. That it has to be an outdoor venue. Might be some cold weather games, but 
we're talking about spring football. There's going to be cold weather games there, too. Uh, a lot of college football conversation coming up. Uh, we will have Scott Dockerman lead off. The Athletic's been terrific, by the way. No surprise there. Their writers have been all over this story. Uh, a whole panel of them tried to come up with this. I think it's a cockamamie plan for college basketball of 44 different pods. That's that's uh, that's not asking too much, is it? But at least it was something to read. Uh, Nicole Auerbach has been phenomenal on the story. She's all over it. She's at The Athletic. So, again, it's 3 bucks a month or whatever. I know it's not in everybody's wheelhouse, but... Um, uh, to me, uh, very much worth the money. KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword check to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Check to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contact. Matt Rudy, Trent, and I will recap the final, well, certainly probably the whole tournament. By the way, Zach Johnson never made the cut. How crazy was that? Goes out and shoots what? He was one off the lead after 18 holes, 36 holes, or 18 extra holes. He's on his way home. 66-76, is that what it was? Or 68-76. Whatever it was, it was not a pretty Friday for him. No, we had him. We put him as part of the Claxons. By the way, no more baseball and Claxons. I knew we were, you know, risking (laughs) it. Cubs Cardinals got you again. Ah, jeez. So we had a best of three for the Claxons. Yes, yes. And Zach was, will he finish in the top 15? And there were some yeses there. In there were some. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We will talk to Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Uh, Mitch Holtis in uh, 25 minutes on the Chiefs. He joins us every day during uh, NFL training camp. 11.05, Scott Dockerman. Matt Postens covers the Big 12 at Heartland College Sports. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. No fees apply. Welcome back, Miller Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Uh, let's get into the golf from over the weekend, the first major championship of the year. Sounds weird saying that the fourth major championship of the year is the first in 2020, but these are the times that we live in. Matt Rudy's power was out for five days. It's back on at the Rudy household. How do you go five days without power? Unbelievable. That's that's hardship. That's close. <laughs> I think the only way you can tolerate it is uh, thankfully our shower runs on gas, so you could actually take, you could take a shower, which was good. But, but do so during the daytime because you can't see in there if the door closed. Yeah, and there's no. I mean, there's uh, and because of COVID and because of I mean, it was a widespread power loss. There's there's it's not like you could go anywhere else to work. So it was uh, it was like being in jail with my wife and three kids <laughs> who had, all of us who had nothing to do except wander around listlessly outside but we survived well well, hopefully i know it came on uh at some point during the tournament uh because when i texted you yesterday it just come on and that's when uh dustin johnson of all things just pulled a seven wood out of his bag (laughs) Um, what's why for starters that's kind of odd that a guy of his magnitude or i mean there can't be very many big hitters on the tour that have a seven wood in their bag can there be matt yeah yeah i mean i think i think it's I've never heard of him in particular using something like that, but I think the the particular uh, golf course setups dictate uh, clubs that go in the bag. And I think what a seven wood does is if there's some rough, you could produce a higher launching shot out of the rough if you need it. And I actually think it's a, a nice show of adaptation in general. And, and, and when you look at 
a lot of tour players week in and week out. I, I would say the average amount of clubs that they have in circulation, they have 20 clubs, and, and, and they come in and out with wedges, and they come in and out with a, a higher lofted wood. Uh, granted, I don't know, if, like I said, I don't know if I've ever heard DJ use seven wood before, but that's what majors should do. They should test you in different ways. Colin Morikawa, a guy that, well, if you've been betting or watching golf here over the last couple of months, you certainly got to know. Didn't feel like this would be the course coming in, though, that he would capture his first major title, but he went out there, the drive on 16, on and on and mm. on. What a performance out of this youngster, and he's a young guy, not a big bomber. 23 years old and already a major tournament winner. Right, yeah, he... he, he... Swings about one thirteen, which is which is in, you know in thoroughly average in the in the tour world. But uh, I think he had a couple of things going for him. I, I think it it's easier. Again, and I use that term relatively because none of these are easy to win. But right. I think playing playing in a major as a younger player when there are no crowds, I think it lets mm. you uh, play and focus on what you're doing one shot at a time instead of getting caught up in the emotion, both positive and negative. Good point. You, know, you start making bogeys or you start making birdies and the crowd gets ramped up or you hear what, you know, what players are doing all over other parts of the golf course, you know, at the masters, for example, part of tigers, uh, the, the intimidation factor tiger has is that he creates such a ripple in, in the crowd. And, and those are things that a younger player just doesn't have to deal with and can stay in the bubble, so to speak, and just pay attention to, attention to what's going on. But what Con Morikawa does better than almost anybody else in, in professional golf, even at this young point in his career, is he's an amazing ball hitter. I mean, he did the, the quality of his ball striking compared to everybody else. It's such an amazing talent and skill to have because it takes so much pressure off the rest of your game. He's just a mediocre putter in general, but when you're never super far away and you're never uh, hitting all kinds of crazy you know, crooked shots, you, you can have a medium putting week and contend and you can have a great putting week like he did and beat everybody. And I think you saw that on the, the, when, he, when he drove that par four, the precision. I mean, he, he played that shot as if he was playing a four iron mm-hmm. you know, and, and intentionally shaping the ball and intentionally leaving it where he did with the longest club in the bag. There are not very many players who can do that, even at the tour level. Mm. It was unbelievable to watch. I watched more long putts roll in this weekend, Matt. And you, when you joined us on Thursday, and you were talking about the golf course and some of the, you know, the difficulty, etc. You mentioned that the greens are relatively flat and relatively true. And boy, were they ever this weekend! More long putts I saw uh, this particular tournament that I could remember. And you have to give a lot of credit too. This is a public golf course, and they and it, it, they they kept tremendous control of the golf course, and the conditions were tremendous. So, so I mean, I, I think in general, the PGA of America and the PGA Championship is the most underrated major. And I think the way this the course is set up year in and year out produces not only great champions but exciting finishes. And and and, and I think that's a mixture of you know keeping in control of the golf course something the USGA has trouble doing at the U.S. Open, and also creating a combination of challenging full locations, but also opportunities for players to do something exciting. And when you have a drivable par four on the back nine, and you give someone a small window where if they can hit a great shot, they can take control of the tournament, that's exactly what happened. That's on Morikawa hitting a great shot, but it's also on the on Kerry High setting the course up in, in, in a way that gives you cool TV. A lot of guys that were in the mix here going into the final day. 
one of the people that was one of the favorites coming in, John Rahm, had a great weekend but got off to such a slow start. Right. Dustin Johnson with the 54-hole lead. Who the closest, the close misses here out of this group that was you know two, three shots back? Who did it impact the most? Who could have really changed the plane of the way we look at them if they ultimately would have won it over the weekend? Mm. Uh, I, mean, I think Paul Casey's had a great career. Mm-hmm. I think it's a career that deserves a major. And, and he played terrific golf. He shot four rounds in the 60s. And, he, and I think he shot 66 yesterday. Did. And, and and when you come off the course and you say straight up in your interview, I, I literally can't. I don't have one complaint about what no. I did. I played great. I hit the shots I wanted to hit. Another guy just played a little bit better. And I, I think that that's probably one that sticks out the most in, in, in the sense that he was a guy who didn't make you know big mistakes that cost him. It's just Morikawa hit great shots. And um, I think that would have changed the narrative about Paul Casey. I don't know that our perception of Dustin Johnson is different if he has two majors versus one. Right. Everybody knows what he is and what he isn't. And and he's won a lot of big tournaments over a lot of years. And, but but I think that uh, I think DeChambeau winning a major would have been momentous just because it was sort of validated a lot of this experimental stuff that he's been doing. But that, that would have been a, a storyline and I think Paul Casey would have changed some storyline too. You know, one of the storylines from yesterday was Brooks Kepka, specifically after he said what he said on Saturday night. He <laughs> basically called all the guys that were ahead of him on the leaderboard, well, they're going to choke because they've only got, you know, Dustin's got, what, one major or something? He was right. awful yesterday, Matt. I mean, terrible. He shot a <laughs> 74. But if any consolation, I think I think uh, Morikawa was behind him, so he wasn't. maybe he wasn't referring to Morikawa because he wasn't, yeah, right, Morikawa wasn't right. above him on the leaderboard, but um, I, I have zero problem with anything Brooks Kepka does about that stuff for two reasons. Number number one, I think it's awesome that someone brings some spice yeah, me to, too. To, uh, to to PGA Tour events, and and I think having characters and you know having having you know, gunslingers going after each other is great for the sport. Number one, and and I think number two, we, we've we've also said over the years, and I know I've even said it on this show a lot. I mean, we we want people to say interesting things and, and have some cool quotes and, and be more colorful. But so I, I don't think you can, you can knock a guy when he actually does that, you know, when, when he shows some, some steel and he, and he shows the confidence that we know so many of these players either have or don't have as a, you know, as a, as a, as a measure of a major champion, for example, I mean, we, we have all these abstract conversations about toughness and about, you know, the, the things that, that make somebody a champion or make somebody a winner in any sport. And and when we finally see some of it, which is the willingness to dominate somebody and to and to have this big this this self belief, I mean, I, I I embrace that. I don't I don't criticize it for sure. So uh, we finish up with the Tiger takeaway. A great Sunday for him, but started well well earlier than we're uh, accustomed to. Certainly seeing Target <laughs> Tiger sure. start a Sunday. He's out there in his red. He's playing well, though he bog- bogeyed on eighteen. Your takeaway from Tiger and looking at him going forward. I don't think there's any worries about Tiger because physically he looked great. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of speed. His back didn't give him any troubles. He's pounding it out there. I mean, he's hitting it physically. He's hitting it far enough with enough authority that there wasn't really any, there wasn't any barrier to being competitive this week on that score. He just wasn't as sharp with his short game and he wasn't as sharp with his iron play in the way that he normally is. And I think that's just the reality of being in your mid forties, you know, that, that, that you're not always going to have things under control. You're not always going to be at your 
peak physically, you know, those days get a little, you know, farther away and you're farther in between as you, as you get a little older. But I think what Phil Mickelson is proving is that if you pay attention to your fitness, you can still have more of those days and some of those, those good weeks. And uh, so I, I think that there was nothing but encouragement because we're just talking about basic, boring golf problems for him. We're not talking about physical problems. You know, since you brought up Phil Mickelson, um, I'm not wishing his career ends anytime soon, but if it does, please please put him uh, fit him with a sports coat and put him on the set. He was fantastic uh, when he sat he down with the crew, wasn't he, Matt? I mean, has he done that before? He was terrific. I think not only was he fantastic, what what is is kind of underrated about what he does, or I think that the sort of the secret truth theorem that comes with being Phil Mickelson is. When you have four hundred million dollars and you don't need right. the money or the or the affection or the affirmation from other people, you can be a lot freer with mm-hmm. what you say than you know other people who are going year to year trying to trying to convince someone to 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 pay them because because they need the career they need the job and and I think that's a great thing having you know having that freedom. I think Greg Norman Greg Norman is not as talented as Phil in terms of being a communicator, but he was in the, that same boat in that he wasn't afraid. To say what he needed to say because he was he was secure. So I I, I don't know if there's a big enough uh, Brinks truck to back up to pay him to, to quit playing golf because he, because if that's what he likes to do, he certainly doesn't need the money. But I think uh, if, if he could play a schedule that let him you know compete in majors and play a couple of of uh, senior events and do some TV. He'd be, I think he'd be like Tony Romo. Uh, yeah, good point. That's a good comparison. He was, he was fantastic. Just run uh, real quick. Cameron Champ didn't know a thing about him. Really enjoyed getting to know his story. He's going to win some big tournaments before his career is over. And I'm going to butcher his name, but the, uh, I think it was the, what, the, uh, the 36 hole leader, Hey Tong Lai. I think he was in the final group on, on, uh, on mm-hmm. Saturday. Couldn't wipe the smile off his face. Boy, he was fun to watch. And then Cameron Champ. You know the, the the golf is in a great space. All, all the players you just mentioned, then you add Matthew Wolf, and you've got you know you've got Victor Hovland. There's a lot of young players, and what's so fun about all of these young players that we're talking about is they have different strengths, and they 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 look different, they play differently. Matt Wolf has a different kind of swing, and I mean Colin Morikawa is just about the nicest guy you're ever going to meet, and and uh, it just there's there's so much to look forward to, and if you can mix these younger players with some of the veterans. And get some exciting storylines. I mean, it's it's going to hopefully pay for my kids to go to school. So. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, Matt Rudy, thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Glad the power's back on at the uh, Rudy abode, and we will talk to you. When is the U.S. Opens? What about a month away now? Yeah, it's uh, September. I want to say the third week in September. Third week like in that. September. Three, yeah, three. Yeah, five five weeks. I think. Good stuff. We'll talk to you that week, if not before. Thank you, Matt Rudy. Appreciate it. You bet. Good to talk to you. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest, uh, joins us and part of shows I've been on for over 20 years. Great resource in Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. It was a fun tournament, It really was. Love the West Coast. Oh, you know what? Somebody tweeted that. I think it was Trey Wingo, and he's 100% right. Other than the Masters, Mm -hmm. and obviously it's tough to... I mean, the British Open six hours ahead of yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. But the U.S. Open and the PGA should all be played on the West Coast. At least one a year. For that very reason. Yes. It was 9 o'clock on Saturday night when the coverage ended. 8 o'clock last night. Primetime golf was great. That's perfect. That's yes. Did you hear Phil Mickelson on Saturday? Yeah, he was good. He was outstanding. He's got his uh, next career if he wants it. Yeah, but like Matt said, he's got $400 million in the bank. Yeah.
Uh, Mitch Holtis will join Trent and I next. We will do the Kansas City Chiefs training camp marches on. Miller and Condon do as well, right up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Today. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. This is time for Mitch Holtis in his regular spot here with Miller and Condon. Joins us every day, every weekday uh, during training camp and then once weekly during the regular season. Mitch, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, sir? Well, good morning, men. Just uh, following this uh, minute-by-minute decision for college football here. Yep. I have been since last night, so I know we're all gandering at that what that could mean short term long term but otherwise pressing on here we're getting uh chasing. this is a pivotal week they start to you know we're headed to our first pra- padded practice on friday so things start to ramp mm. up this week you know uh mitch that in a moment uh what um, one of the things from over the weekend uh was the cheetah and hardeman lining up <laughs> decided amongst themselves <laughs> Uh, it was great. I'm glad somebody put it on Twitter. It was It was fun to watch. Uh, we knew Hardeman was fast. We knew Hill was fast. But boy, oh boy, uh, it was kind of not even close, right? I mean, the cheetah just ran away from him. I think the cold pulled up a little bit. I think the hammy started a little tight. And as a Chiefs, anybody member of the Chiefs kingdom watching that, it's almost like watching the flag drop if you've been to a NASCAR race and there's roaring around turn four. To take the green flag, and all of these cars are at you know warp speed, basically not warp speed, but high three digit speed, uh, all within a foot of each other, and you're like, this is exciting and terrifying all at once. And watching that race, <laughs> that feeling, yeah, like, well, this is kind of cool. Oh God, no, hammies, save the hammies! I put on Twitter, best out of three question mark. No, 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 save the hammies. <laughs> yeah. The other thing though is you can get some other guys on this team involved in that run. I'm going to feature McCall tomorrow, though. I I think he becomes a key discussion about this team because all this weekend, and Trent, I'm going to talk about how the Chiefs could actually be better in 2020 than they were in 2019. Being better, uh, certainly the defense is a part of that. We talked about last week those numbers, how much they improved in the back half of the year. Couple of Hawkeyes in the linebacking crew. Anthony Hitchens, a starter in the middle. Ben Neiman with them. But you had a chance to uh, talk about one of the other guys over at the will position, Willie Gay Jr. Let's give Ken credit here. His Broncos won it all in 2015 because of defense. Mm-hmm. And that defense had the ability to make explosive plays. Think about Von Miller in the Super Bowl just tormenting Cam Newton, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Chiefs last year improved. I, I featured that last week. Uh, they were second in the league in points allowed in the last half of the season, Trent. Just one point under the Ravens. We all know what the Ravens' defense is like. But the next level for the Chiefs team is becoming explosive on defense. The, the, think about having a Chiefs defense that could uh, you know, make a key play that turns into a 14-point swing or get a defensive score with the offense that they have. And it becomes almost unfair. Enter Willie Gay Jr., the second-round draft pick out of Mississippi State, who looks like a Derek Johnson-ish kind of clown. If the Chiefs, they only had three defensive scores last year, 
two had a big impact. One was weird. It was a 100-yard uh, Rashad Breeland at the bottom of a pile at the goal line. Detroit's going in to score, and the ball just kind of lays there, and he picks it up and runs it 100 yards the other way, and we're all like, is this good? Is and nobody's hmm. signaling anything. And finally, they decided to touchdown. The other one was uh, another one's a pick six by Thornhill, but that was a blowout of the Raiders. Ken will remember the, the, probably the most impactful one, and it was in on a Thursday night at Denver. Uh, Mahomes is down, injured, out. Everybody's thinking it's 13 to 6, Chiefs. But I know the Bronco crowd's going, Mahomes is out. Like, this is a shot to get him. On the next series after Mahomes was injured, uh, the aforementioned Anthony Hitchens, Iowa Hawkeye, comes on a blitz, strips the ball from Joe Flacco. Reggie Ragland picks it up and runs it in. That's an explosive defensive play. It was 20 to 6, and for all intents and purposes, the game was over. Um, and then if you look at the Chiefs' two of their four losses, they had it happen to them. So here's Willie Gay Jr. And Trenny gives the Chiefs, again, an ability to make an explosive play. He can't wait. They're going to move him around, and he can't wait to blitz and try to make a big defensive play that could lead to a defensive score. Playing off the edge, playing outside in, and even playing wheel when sometimes you play inside out, you know, it's, it's, it's natural because I've did it for so long. But uh, And with the scheme, it's perfect, you know, and with the blitz, and, man, it's – I feel like I can blitz from anywhere on the field, you know, uh, you know, and I would love to be a part of a blitz package, you know, where Coach used me as much as he wants, you know, to help me on help the team out on third down if, if you know, if, if that's what he wants, you know, and I'll definitely show that I can blitz. The Chiefs last year were plus eight in the giveaway takeaway. That's in the upper third of the league. But only with three defensive scores. Let me put this in perspective. Baltimore had six. New England mm-hmm. had five, or they might not even won their division. Um, and San Francisco had five. You give the Chiefs two more of those kind of plays explosively, and this kid can a pick six against Kentucky. Go watch it. And now all of a sudden, a Chiefs team that can go up seven to nothing, and the offense hasn't been on the field Jeez. or get seven points. That's when the Chiefs, I think, will be more explosive. And they are now they have explosive players at all three levels. Which is frightening, uh, especially on the heels of a 12-4 and four and a Super Bowl <laughs> and, and a Super Bowl win, if they can get better. And I love their draft, Mitch. You know what? Uh, Edward Solaire, obviously, and Willie Gay, he was their second pick. Niang was third. He's going to sit out, but I think he's got a future. Take us into the uh, into the war room, if you will, for the Chiefs. Who's calling the shots? or Is it collaborative, or, or who ultimately is calling the shots? Very, very collaborative. And that's one of the keys here to... Uh, the success of the Chiefs over now seven headed into eight seasons. Consistent success. And that is the fact that it's Andy Reid working hand in glove with Andy Reid's staff, but hand in glove with Brett Veach, who never stops. I said he's a gerbil on a treadmill. He just goes, 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 goes. But this is not a head coach that is detached or a GM that comes in and says, I don't care what you want. Here's what I'm going to do. Honestly, I'll say this about your Broncos. They've got to get that figured out. They remind me of our franchise in a time there was a span of about 10 to 12 years after Marty Schottenheimer left, but we didn't have this hand-in-glove, what's going on mm-hmm. now. It really has to have a connection between your head coach and your GM and the trust that goes back and forth. And so who calls the shots? It depends, player to player almost. Uh, but it works that you can't have one coming in and Trump and saying, hey, we're going to take hold and, and in the last five minutes, Miller walks in and goes, we're going to take Holtis. What? All of a sudden, and, and there's more. that happens more in the NFL than we want to realize. The Chiefs do not have that. This is a full scheme ahead group that works hand-in-hand, 
and I thought they did. Well, we'll see. But you want to get four out of every draft class. Right. You want to get four. And the Chiefs have a potential to have four in this class for a long term. Hmm. Mitch Holtis, tell us about uh, Tom Donaldson and the good folks over at Papa John's. Well, the chacaroni is like taking over the earth. Like, um, and we're in this COVID protocol. Everybody wants to be safe. Tom and, and uh, Matt and their whole crew all throughout Iowa and for sure in Des Moines have been like super attentive to making this a safe environment. Um, but the chacaroni is like, I mean, to me, it looks like a week's worth of pizza. A uh, great price, and then a dollar goes to their uh, foundation uh, that's doing a lot of different things. But, I mean, here's the shack. We all know the impact you made on the court, but now you can, like, shackaroni it up. Uh, but that's awesome. It's only 12 bucks, and a dollar that gets donated to the foundation. But, uh, yeah, check them out, Papa John's. Appreciate them. They're great. Hand, they're, they're also a hand-in-glove relationship uh, with a lot of folks in Des Moines, including JDRF, and I'll get into that later this month. Good stuff, Mitch Holtis. We will uh, talk to you in 24 hours. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Trent. And uh, not that you're a sir, but get ready for the speech to be more explosive on defense. Oh, that's frightening. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Take care. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, just what they need, right? Really, boy. And I think he's right. I mean, sadly. Uh, hour number two, lots of college football. Scott Dockerman on the Big Ten and on Iowa. Uh, Matt Postens covers the Big 12. He joins us at the bottom of the hour. Trent and I take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.